0: Good morning. You know, as as parents, we are tasked with bringing up our children and and teaching them in many ways, but in the right ways. Um, Christians, fathers, mothers, family members, those Christians without children who can be examples. We all have the uh, task to bring up and teach our children well in the ways of love morals, and most importantly, in godly ways. But where do you start? There's really no really good books to start, but um, experience, wisdom are two good points I also teach. And Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 to uh, 3, which is our, our reading for today, gives us, uh, or Paul gives us a very good starting point. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth.
1: Good morning, Church. Uh, And Happy Mother's Day to all of our mothers, to all of our stepmothers, grandmothers, great-grandmothers, and of course, uh, those of you who share an equally important role as mother figures. Today is your special day. And we want to thank you for everything that you do and you have done for us. Children, uh, we appreciate you, we love you, and we celebrate you today. So uh, since you're not here this morning in person, can give you the tulips. So what I have here are virtual tulips to give you. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you, yeah, Chad is laughing there, to put in a virtual nickel in them so that it would last for a longer time, okay? So do that. Uh, mothers are amazing, and today we celebrate them, like I said. And we're going to take a break from our usual sermon series uh, to do just that, to celebrate our mothers today. And to do that, um, I mean, we, we don't really need a reason, right? But we'll give, we'll, we'll, we'll give us reasons anyways. Our mothers are awesome. They're amazing. And I just have some pictures here to like really highlight how amazing our mothers are. They are selfless. They think about us first before they think about themselves. They put our interests first before they are their own, as you can see in this picture here. And also, they are excellent multitaskers. They're hardworking. They will take good care of us while they are working, as you see here in this picture. And finally, mothers are amazing. They could be the, the strongest, fiercest person on earth, but their hearts melt for us. That's how amazing mothers are. And I was faced with a big question preparing for this lesson this morning. How do we demonstrate our appreciation for our mothers today? That's the question that I was asking myself. And immediately... You know, that, that verse that Ray just really, that, that Ray read for us this morning amazingly is what came to mind. Ephesians chapter six, verses one to three. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on earth. How do we show our appreciation? To our parents today, to our moms today. Okay, well, let's honor them, because according to this passage, it's the first uh, commandment with a promise, and that promise is that it may go well with us, and that we may enjoy long life on earth when we honor our mothers and also our fathers, obviously from this verse. But since our mothers are, you know, our are, are, are focus of attention this morning. We want I wanted to take it a notch higher, right? I know this is, this is, uh, it's not specific enough. So I wanted to ask the question, and this is, this is, this is what I'm going to talk to you about today. On Mother's Day, I want us to really focus on the best way to honor our mothers. How are we going to do that? How do we honor our mothers to the best of our ability? I mean, I just, I'm just one person. I have a mother. I could ask her, but she's just one mom. You know, at home, I have my wife Linda. She's a mother. I could ask her, but she's also just another mom. Just two moms. Not enough. So what I thought about doing, and I, I thought about this late in the game. I actually did this on Friday. I emailed the mothers of our congregation to ask that question. What is the best way that your children will bring you the greatest joy honor? And I divided it into three questions in the areas of their relationships, uh, their achievements, interests, and hobbies, and things like that, and also what they will become as adults. So I sent it to about 40 mothers, uh, as, uh, as I can find in the directory that, that I have email addresses for, And 22 of them sent sent back responses. So that's pretty good, given that I sent it to them at lunchtime on Friday. So it's thank you, mothers, for pretty much helping me with 98% of what I'm going to talk about today. Thank you for helping me with my sermon today. So um, 22 of them responded. And the 22 responses are pretty much the same in terms of the gist of the best way that they want us to honor them. And I'm just going to give you four, okay, because the four here really summarize what the mothers are saying, the best way for us to honor them. Okay. These are the four. First, and these are the actual quotes from the mothers. Okay. I just hope and pray that my children will love God and obey him in every aspect of their life. Okay. That's one. Here's the second one. And it's like it, that God would be the center of their life. Take that all in. Third, that they will love and honor God in all they do. So our mothers are telling us all this. This is what is going to honor them today. Lastly, but not the least, may they love and follow Jesus always. Now we're thinking, how is the what's the best way for us to show our appreciation to mom? From the horse's mouth right here. They are saying this to us. These these are our mothers that are saying this to us. So with these responses, it's 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 difficult for me not to think about this verse. It's this verse that really summarizes the best way for us to honor our mothers is found in an in an obscure book in the Bible, Third John. How many times did we hear like a sermon or like a Bible study on that, on that, on that book? 3rd John 1 verse 4. It's a short letter of, uh, uh, from the apostle John to, to, to his friend, Gai- Gaius. And in this, okay, I'm going to put it up here pretty soon. It summarizes what our mothers, uh, would like for us to do in order to honor them the best way that we can. And this is what it says. 3rd John 1 verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. That is what the that's the the gist of what our mothers are telling us from the responses. The best way to honor them. So what I'm gonna do is we're gonna we're going to zone in on the answer to that question. What is the best way? Well walk in truth. And we're going to uh for the rest of our time this morning focus on that. In the hopes that we are gonna be able to honor our, our our mothers the best way that we can. Because knowing that our mothers wants are in line with what God wants us to do, we are going to not only honor our moms when we do that, we are also bring praise, glory, as well as honor to God, our Heavenly Father. Okay? So let's do that. Walking in the truth. What is it? Uh, What does it mean to walk in the truth? Okay, so we're going to look into the first thing that we need to do. Before we can walk in the truth, we need to learn about the truth. We need to know what it is. Jesus Christ, when he was uh, about to be crucified, stood trial in front of Pontius Pilate. And in that exchange between Jesus and Pontius Pilate, Jesus Christ said this. John 18, verse 37. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So he's telling Pontius Pilate, at the time he was the Roman prefect or the governor of Judea. Okay, And he's telling him this. I'm here. I was born into this world so that I can testify to the truth. And if you are of the truth, if you like the truth, you're going to listen to me. And you know what the Pilate's response was to this? In John 18, verse 38, the verse after this, this is what Pilate said. What is truth? And then he proceeded to sentence Jesus. Okay? What is truth? This is the question that we have right now as we look into walking in truth. What is truth? Well, the book of John tells us exactly what truth is. And I think this is just a reminder for all of us, but it suffice for us to really appreciate that before we can walk in truth, we need to know what it is. And again, we need to be reminded if we already know what it is. What is truth? John 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In this verse, Jesus enjoined the word truth to himself. Walking in truth means walking in Jesus. And then he continues. John chapter 8, verses 31 to 32. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jesus' is truth Everything he says is truth. As you see here, his teachings are truth. That's why we we, we, uh, sang that song before the sermon today, Trust and Obey. The first line is, when we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, Jesus and his teaching, we walk in that, we walk in truth. Okay? And to cap it off, Jesus himself said in John 17, verse 17, Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus is the truth. His teachings are truth. And his teachings are found in God's word, which is truth. Amazing. So our mothers are telling us in a sort of way to honor them today. We want to learn from God from Jesus, the best way that we can. Learn from Him. Study His Word. Know what He wants of us. And so, bring honor to our parents, to our mothers, and also bring honor to God. Now that we know the truth, we can proceed to talk about walking in it. Okay, And again, in a previous sermon, we've talked about the word, the, the term walking is um, is a metaphor for living when we say walking in truth, really we were talking about living in the truth so that's the second thing that we want to talk about okay live in the truth. this is the second part of our lesson this morning. Now that we know the truth, we can live in it okay and the idea here is to bring honor to our to our mothers okay and because they are They are our uh, focus of attention this morning. Live in truth. And our mothers are telling us, and when we do that, we bring honor to them. Okay? The best way that we can. Proverbs 23, 22-25. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Wisdom, instruction, and insight as well. It's, It's amazing here that truth is enjoined with wisdom, instruction, and insight. When we walk in the truth, we are wise. Uh, we use the instructions and insights to help us along the way. Okay, And when we do that, it says in here that we become righteous children. The father of a righteous child has great joy. A man who fathers a wise son rejoices in him. And then when we are righteous, we're not righteous on our own. As we've seen before, our righteousness comes in the truth of Jesus, his teachings, and God's word. Not our own teachings. Not our own opinions. It's His righteousness. So when we become righteous children. And when that happens. Our father and mother rejoice. Right there. And she who gave you birth. Will be joyful. Man. Mother's Day. Bring, that brings joy and honor to our mothers. When that happens. Okay, so what I'm gonna do now, since our mothers already helped me with this sermon, what I'm gonna do is I'm going to put the four most, uh, uh, most, uh, prominent responses in the survey questions that the mothers responded. This, this is the four things that they really want their children to do for them to be honored today. Okay, and again, these are aggregates. Like, Almost all of them said this in their responses, beginning with the first one right here. Number one, and these are actual quotes, that they will show God to their friends and be good examples to them. And this, I, I know you know this. This is rooted in the Word of God, in truth. And I, I love how the the mother who sent this response used that term, show God. They will show God. That their kids will show God to people. It's like it has, I have this visual in my mind that we have God in, in, in ourselves and we just need to take Him out and show Him to people. It brings to mind this verse in Matthew 5, 13 and 14 that we are the salt and the light of the world. Okay, so how do we do that? How do we become good examples to people with being salt and light? Well, at least The light. Okay, let's just focus on that at this time because there is an excellent verse in Ephesians 5, 8 to 11 to tell us exactly how to do that. For once you were darkness, but now in the Lord you are light. Live as children of light. Okay, live in the truth, live in the light. For the fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. So when we're living in, when we're living as lights, We are living in the truth. And when we do that, we are showing people what is good, what is right, and what is true. And when we do, we bring honor to our, to our mothers. Okay? And then when we do that, we try to find out what is pleasing to the Lord. And we take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead we expose them. Not obnoxiously, not in a way that's going to leave a bad taste in other people's mouths. Oh, Jay's a jerk. I know he's right, but he's a jerk doing it. Like, Not like that. okay? Uh, we, we we show people what is good and right and true. And they can deduce for themselves what we are not all about. When When people know what we are all about because of the good and the right and the true things that we do and the light that we shine to them, they can figure out what we're not all about. We don't have to yell about it. We don't have to put it in front of their faces. They will just know that, it's, that, that we are not for it and we expose it. That is what our mothers want from us. They want the best for us. And the best for us is in line with what God wants for us. Because He's also our parent. Isn't that amazing? How our mothers really, like, wow. That's why they are amazing. That's why we honor them today let us show god to our friends and be good examples to them that's the first one the second thing that the that our mothers tell us that will honor them greatly is this that they live that we live intentional lives of generosity love and service to god and to others so the mother who sent me this highlighted that keyword in this in this in this sentence was intentional She said, the key here is being intentional. It's not just, well, if I have time, if I think about it, if it's convenient, then I will be generous, I will love, and I will serve. No, it has to be intentional. It has to be planned. It has to be something that we think about constantly. So it just comes out. So when we see opportunities to do it, we do it. It brings to mind that verse in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. Whatever you do, do your work heartily. In the actual original language is with all of your soul, with all of your being, within the, with the center, you know, with the center of your whole person. Do it. Not for people, but for the Lord. Not just for cash, but for the Lord. Not because it's cool, but because God will be glorified and honored. This is what we do. And, and we don't, you know, we don't just you know, lays around and not, you know, laziness goes out the window when we think about this. I know mothers don't like kids that are lazy. I know my mother didn't like it when I didn't do anything. I know Linda doesn't want it when my kids are just sitting around looking at the stuff, that the mess, and they're not doing anything about it. When we do things heartily, we will have initiative because we're not doing it for people; we're doing it for God. Okay, intentional. And I love how the mother who wrote this uh, particular response said, um, every person on earth leaves a wake behind them. It's a metaphor for, you know, when you have a boat, if you have a big speedboat, you leave a big wake. If we have a rowboat, you leave a small wake. But regardless, big or small, you leave a wake. And th- the idea is not how big or small your wake is. The idea is How good or how bad your wake is. As you walk in this world, as you live in this world, what kind of wake do you show people? Do you leave a wake of service, love, good things, positive things? Or do you leave a wake of hurt, anger, malice, unforgiveness, laziness, mediocrity? And our mothers are telling us that what will give them the greatest joy and honor today from us is if we are intentional about leaving a good wake, regardless of how big or small it is. Good wake. Number three. And I have another one after this. okay? Then we're done. Number three. That they choose a spouse or boyfriend slash girlfriend who has a love of God and Jesus so that they can help each other grow in faith and love, and again, this wish from our mother, from our mothers is rooted deeply in scripture, in truth, in the teachings of jesus in god 's word that we choose a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend who has the love of God in Jesus. We all know the verse we're going to go to that verse second corinthians six fourteen do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Have you guys heard that term before? Unequally yoked? Many of us have, right? Do you know what that means? You know, in the NRSV, this is ESV, the English Standard Version. In the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, they because in the Greek, unequally yoked is just one word. They They translated it using one word. And you know what that word that they used was? Mismatched. In the NRSV, the first line reads, Do not be mismatched with unbelievers. Why is it so strong, the language that they used? Mismatched with unbelievers? I mean, this person is a good person. They just don't believe God. They're just not into church things. Why would you use the word mismatched? Well, Paul told us exactly why in this verse. Why is it a mismatch? Because... For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Those things are like the extremes. Why would we want to bond ourselves with that? And our parents are telling us, it does not give me honor when this happens. It does not not because not because it 's for their own good it 's because it is for our own good i 'm old enough to understand and know that there are it 's tough to be in that situation. where your significant other does not share the faith that we have. I have worked with many people, many couples that are like that, and it is tough the place that they're in because They have light. You know, all Christians are light. When this happens, inevitably their light becomes dimmer and dimmer. Regardless of how hard they try, it becomes dimmer and dimmer. It is tough. And our parents are saying, be smart and be wise. Love God first. Choose someone who loves God more than they will ever love you. Because when they love God more than they love you, man... They will love you the best way that they can love you. And when we do that, we are going to be able to help each other grow in faith and love. Without that, none of that is going to happen. None. Bickering is going to happen, bitterness is going to happen, and all sorts of really bad things are going to happen. And I'm saying this not to make you feel bad. I'm saying this to challenge you. I'm saying this to challenge you. Again, because we want to honor our parents, our mother and father, but we also want to honor our God. Okay? So for those of us, for those of you who are not married yet, but you have a boyfriend and girlfriend, one last thing. Do not let somebody who is not your spouse do for you and with you things that only spouses do for each other. Your allegiance is still to your mother and to your father. And your body still belongs to you, not to them. So I'm going to say it as blunt as I can. Do not have sex with them. It is. It does not, while you're not married yet, it does not honor God and it does not honor your parents. And equally importantly, you dishonor your own body when that happens. Choose a spouse or a, or, or a boyfriend, girlfriend who has a love of God and Jesus. And now I want to take this time to talk to the husbands. Okay? Because there's a, there's the spouse word there, right? Because it is important that we help our children honor their own mothers. And you know who they're gonna learn that from, right? From us husbands. It is important how we speak to our mother, to our, to our parents, uh, to our, to our wives. It is important how we treat our wives. And it is important how we deal with our wives. Because you know what? Who's gonna see that? Our children. If I treat Linda, my wife, in a harsh manner, in a disdainful manner, guess what my children are gonna do? The same thing. They're going to think, oh, dad doesn't listen to mom. Dad thinks that mom's ideas are junk. So I think mom's ideas are junk. When mom says it's bedtime, eh, it's just your opinion. I don't, I don't believe it. They're just going to say the same thing. Because I do not honor my wife, which is my children's mother. Do you guys understand that? It is important how we deal with our wife it reminds me of a story that happened to me uh this was in kingston ontario i was going to university there and i took a cab it was a long cab ride okay and the cabbie he was 75 years old driving a cab 75 years old and, and we, were, we were talking, I sat in front, because that's I would do that when I, you know, take a cab, I sit in front. I don't know why I do that. Linda hates that about me, but I do that. I sit in front so I can talk to the guy. So this guy said that, you know, I used to teach at Queen's University. Hmm? Yeah. I used to be a professor of economics. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And he still knew the people there. He's like, oh, that's pretty cool, right? But today is my 50th wedding anniversary, driving a cab. Sitting in front of us, talking to him, like, great. It's like, yeah. After I drop you off, I'm gonna go home, get ready. My wife and I have a dinner date. That's great. So I asked him because I like doing that. I like asking people who are older than me for their wisdom. I pick their brains. So I asked him, okay, if you're gonna, if you can give me one piece of advice that led you to last that long and happy in your marriage, what would it be? Oh, that's simple. Without batting an eye, he told, that's simple. What I did was all the big all the big decisions I do, I, I decide, all the small, pitly decisions, I leave that to my wife. And it made us last 50 years. And I'm like, I was sitting there and I was like, maybe I shouldn't have sat in front. Maybe I should have sat in the back. I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. This guy's a chauvinist, sexist guy. I don't want to talk to this guy. So I just kept quiet for a bit. But my stubbornness got the best of me because I wanted to know. So I asked, him, okay, okay, what did you mean by what you said the last time? And the guy said, I thought you'd never ask. You would have left this taxi cab thinking that I'm a jerk. Okay. So here's the thing. Okay. The big things that I, that I decide are these. I decide what the, the Bank of Canada should set as the mortgage rate. I decide that. And which country uh, the Americans should attack next. That's my decision to make. But small decisions like where my children are going to go to school, you know, uh, how, how we're going to spend our money, how we're going to invest our money, I leave that all to my wife. Those are small things that they, she can do. And I started laughing. This guy was cool. Right? And why do I say that? I say that because we need to really. Pay attention to our wives. Listen to our wives. Because they have the best interest of our family, of our children in their heart. The responses of our wives, of, of our mothers that they sent me, like I was reading and I was going, wow, our mothers love our children so much. And that, inclu- including this fact, that there's a lot of studies that have been done, I don't know if you've heard about this, different ones that have been replicated over and over again, the same results. Fathers and mothers... They were given the same amount of money. And you know uh, who spent most on their kids? Mothers. You're right, Chad. Mothers. When the mothers were, when were given the amount of money, they spent most of it on their children. How about the fathers? What did they spend their money, their, their money on the most? You guys can guess. Themselves. Listen to our mothers. Listen to our wives. Because they care. And okay, the number one thing that we can do is love them, according to Ephesians 5.33. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself. And let the wife see that she respects her husband. The respecting thing, I know in, in, in Scripture, in Ephesians chapter 5, you are told, Wives, submit to your husbands. Let's not think about that. That's their job. Our job is to love them. But how do we, How you know, you're probably thinking, how do you love your wife? Say, I love you to her. Massage her back once in a while. No, more than that. Bigger than that. Ephesians 5, verse 25 tells us exactly what that love should look like. Husbands, love your wives. How? Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Husbands, we need to die for our wives. When we do, the cycle opens. The cycle of love and respect opens. It is easy to respect somebody and to submit to someone who will give their lives to you. Why do we submit to Jesus? Because he gave himself up for us. Isn't that amazing that God, in His infinite wisdom, said, You know what? My relationship with my son, I'm going to replicate in the marriages of my people on earth. The husband is going to love like I do, and the wife is going to submit like my son did to me. So when they do that, people see my glory and my honor in their marriages. Now, I know we're over time. Please indulge me. I have one more thing to say. Okay. I want it to be practical for us husbands because we are honoring the mothers of our wives, of of our our children today. And we have a big stake in it. Okay. I just want to give you one practical thing that you can do for for your wives today so that, you know, we can really revitalize our relationship with them today, right today. Okay. And I got this idea from a speaker that was invited in Edmonton when we used to live there. And the weekend uh, was about uh, marriages and the guy brought his wife, you know, and in this particular session, the husbands and the wives were separated in in different, like, you know, uh, breakout sessions. So I was obviously with the husband's section, like with the guys. And this guy said this, okay, he said, okay, guys, I have an exercise for you and this is what I'm going to suggest you guys do husbands do for your wives preferably today he said this okay husbands go to your wives right when you're not fighting when you guys are all happy maybe you know where you're watching a movie whatever turn the tv off and just talk to her ask her this question the question is this hun on a scale of 1 to 10 1 being poor and 10 being awesome how would you rate your marriage with me. So for, phrase it, you know. And Ray is laughing. Phrase it and phrase it in, uh, in 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 her point of view. How would you rate our marriage together, one to ten? And the guy said, I forgot his name, the speaker's name. The guy said, okay, just ask her. Do not, do not, you know, do not like poke her, nudge her, or like, you know, or or you know, don't harass her. And she's going to say a number. But after she says a number, shut up. Do not contend with her. Do not have her explain why. Just take it all in. Just be on the receiving end of this. Just take it and say, okay, thank you. And then you know what he said? He said, your wives are probably not going to say 10. There's no way they're going to say 10. So when they don't say 10, ask them this follow-up question. Okay? Ask them this. Ask them... Um, So, hon, okay, how can I take it up to 10? What can I do so that, you know, in your eyes, our marriage would be a 10? Ask that question. And again, she's going to tell you, she's going to tell you something. And husbands, don't say anything after that. Just say, just nod your head and do what she says. Keep working on it. Do not bring it up ever. Keep working on it. And let her bring it up. When she sees the good that's already happening, the changes that are happening. Okay. What, you know what I did? I did the ex- exact same thing that same day. That's what I did. So then, and I, you know, after the thing, that day, we drove home. We were driving home and I asked her the question. I was so confident. I thought I was gonna be a nine and a half, okay? Maybe nine. Okay, I was driving like, huh. Let's scale of one to ten. Well, how would you rate our awesome marriage together? I think I used the word awesome. Like, marriage, one being poor, ten being awesome. And Linda without batting an eye. Six. You know, the guy said, When she's going to say a number, don't say anything. And I was like fighting so hard. I was like, oh, six? How about a nine or an eight? Six? Okay, but I I shut my mouth, didn't say anything. And I asked her, what can I do to move it up to ten, hon? Man, she said, and we were already in the house, she's still talking you know the things that she said that really broke my heart because it was, I did not know. She said, Huh, number one, if you would have the same respect that you have for me as with all the people in the church, that would be nice. And she said, It's a low time in my life right here. She said, if you would serve the people that you serve in the church, like, you know, uh, you would serve me like you serve the people in the church that you serve, that would be nice. If you would take the time that you take for the people of the church, I was still in the army at this time, I wasn't a full time minister, right? With me, that would be nice too. And I'm telling you, I had to go somewhere and come back to contain myself. Because I had no clue. And then I shut up. I started working on it. Up up until now, I'm working on it. And I want you husbands to do that. For everybody's sake, for your sake, for your relationship with God for your children, for your wives, so that we can really give honor to to one of the most amazing people on earth, our mothers. And finally, and we conclude with this, our parents, our mothers told us this as something that will really bring glory, uh, bring honor to them to see them follow Jesus and believe that Jesus truly died and rose again for them so that they have eternal life in heaven. How amazing is this? It brings to mind, you know, I was studying for this lesson, and it brings to mind Albert Barnes' commentary on our text, 3 John 1, 4. There is nothing that would give more peace to the dying pillow of the Christian parent than to be able to leave the world with the assurance that his children would always walk in truth. Wow. The best way to honor our mothers is to honor God by walking in his truth. And the last thing that our mother said there is asking us, are you right with God? Have you been to Jesus in the powers in in, in the waters of baptism? Have you been washed in the blood of the Lamb? You know, like what Glenn was saying during the during the Lord's table, coronavirus has done a number on us. You know, Linda and I were planners. We love to plan. But I ask you the question, you guys are planners too. How much have you planned for your summer? (laughs) If you're like us we're, we, it's uncertain, we don't know. Normally our, our summer would have been planned out, but now it's not. We may not be able to plan for the things that we're going to do in the summer, but we can surely plan for our eternity. Like what Chad said a couple of Sundays ago, there's a baptistry here, ready and warm. It just needs people who would really take their faith and take it that notch over and be, be, be members of the church. Um, be able to really grab that grace that Jesus offers. Thank you very much for your time.